You're listening to the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega Podcast on the Odyssey Robots Radio Network. What is up to each of the tens of ones out there listening? The Legion of the faithful adherents to this, the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the I See Robots radio network, folks. It is I, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, coming to you with episode 30 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, presented by Uniqlo. Uniqlo, changing lives one pair of casual sweatpants at a time. For more information, visit us at uniqlo.com. That's U N I Q L O. So yes, folks, it has taken us years to get here, but over those years, we have crawled and lurched and rose and limped and hobbled our way through space and time to episode 30 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. What's going on here on big episode 30? Uh, What's going on is that I am sitting here on a very humid-seeming February afternoon, recording in my daughter, Ms. Sensational One's room, uh, since she's at school at the moment, and this is the best spot in the house right now to uh, not be disturbing the one other person who is actually here doing paid work at the time, my wife, Ms. Sensational. Um, so yeah, just hanging at the teenage daughter's desk with my laptop and my trusty blue snowball microphone. It's getting kind of crowded around Sensational Manor workstation-wise these days because Ms. S is pretty much working here 24-7. Um, we bought an additional desktop family computer mainly for the girls for Christmas this, uh, last holiday season that just recently passed. So we've got two family-related desktops taking up space in our living room, and then Ms. Sensational has, like, I would say about three or four work-issued computers that are now um, in various states of use and placement in the living room, and this is all being juggled on two very small um, little IKEA desks in said living room in the manor. So... Ms. S and I were just conferencing before I started recording this show today about how we, we, we need to figure out a way to make more space. And we're trying not to spend any money right now because if you listen to the last episode, we are preparing for a move and moves cost money, but we're probably going to have to break down and purchase or procure some other cheap temporary desk solution in the meantime. But that's okay. I've just I bypassed the whole thing by invading my child's room. I'm sure she would be or will be so thrilled in a couple hours when she gets home and finds out. Um, I'm trying to think being 15 years old and, uh, having one of my, one of my parents recording a podcast in my bedroom. That's, that's kind of a patently absurd thought actually when I, when I frame it that way, there's, there's, I mean, part of it is just, uh, historically technology wise, you know, podcasts weren't a thing, so that wouldn't happen, but just either of my two parents doing some sort of hobby, creative pursuit in my bedroom when I was 15, probably. Uh, was not going to happen. Did not happen. I can't even picture it happening. 
Uh, it's actually funny as as uh, Miss S gets older, and I start to realize she's at certain ages where I had certain experiences or milestones when I was her age. Just how different the world is now, how different her life is than mine. Um, I'd already caught my, or I was about to catch my first felony charge when I was her age. And meanwhile, she just kind of goes to school and gets straight A's and sits in her room where she has like, well, here's the one funny, funny parallel. So I'm going to say she sits in a room where she has kind of these kitschy decorations. But one of said decorations, which I'm looking at right now, is a framed photo of a illustration of a frog playing a flute. And it looks like this was, um, this illustration was part of some old timey soap, uh, advertisement because it says elite toilet soap. Uh, let's see what it says. Yep. Oh, just knocking some stuff off her shelf. Uh, that's going to go over well. Um, okay. So this is, uh, we see a frog playing a flute and it says elite toilet soap perfume, elegant and lasting. A fine handkerchief presented every purchase of a 25-cent box. Um, anyway, point being, when I uh, was up to my shenanigans at her age that caught me my first felony charge. To be, to be fair, my only felony charge. I don't roll that hard. But I roll hard enough that I do have a felony charge in my background. <laughs> when, I was, when I was rolling deep and rolling hard enough to catch that charge, it all jumped off. The whole situation started off with me... And a group of my friends stealing a statue of a frog playing a flute. So I guess some things, as, as much as things change, some things stay the same, albeit uh, Miss S's, Miss Sensational One's frog with the flute situation is a bit more earnest and wholesome than her father's. Man, speaking of Miss Sensationals, <laughs> When, um, during that quick break just now, I, uh, ran up back, ran the recording back to make sure everything was, uh, working all right. And I noticed, uh, my audio sounded a little weird, a little noise gatey. So I looked at the back of my blue snowball microphone, which is actually orange, but the company, the brand name is blue. Uh, I looked at the back and someone had switched the little settings on the back to uh, a group microphone setting rather than a one-on-one setting. And I think that is what was the cause of what was making things sound a little bit funky. So hopefully we're back to normal here. Uh, It's probably one of those things where no one would even notice if I hadn't said anything. That's always, that's always like the cardinal rule of performing, but it's a, it's a rule that it's very hard to impart to others. And it's very hard to live up to yourself. But for the years that I spent performing in punk bands. I, I kind of learned this and sometimes was able to live up to it and sometimes in the heat of the moment would forget about it and uh, um, do the wrong thing. But uh, you just never sell your mistakes, never sell your shortcomings when you're performing because then nine out of 10 times, no one noticed that it happened. But if you dwell on it and you keep bringing it up, then they're like, oh yeah, that did suck. So I just broke my own rule, but for your own for your own ventures out there, just keep that in mind. Just keep the no one. Everyone's paying attention to themselves. Everyone's looking at their own reflection in their own their own mirror. They're not noticing what you're doing. They're probably not even listening to the show, right? I mean, so uh, let's move on. Oh, right. The reason I said that this uh, related back to the uh, Miss Sensationals is that the uh, culprit for changing the setting, I believe, was twelve year old Miss Sensational Two, who I've noticed has been using 
the Blue Snowball microphone lately. And I believe she's been using it to record some sort of Roblox commentary gimmick. Um, I've seen her... I've been out in the backyard and I've seen her through the window animatedly talking on the mic. But when I come in the room, she quickly shuts everything down and stops doing it um, because she doesn't want to be observed by her annoying father. But the point being here is I believe that Miss Two may be showing an interest and propensity for this style of gabbing. So I may look into incorporating her as another voice on this show in the future. We'll see if I can pull it off, and we'll see what uh, could become of it. But it's possible Miss Two may be coming soon to an episode of the Mr. Sensational Sensational Gino Vega podcast near you. Hopefully she can actually uh, pronounce the title of the show better than her father can. But speaking of introducing new voices to a show... If you have not already checked it out, this week's episode of the Stuck at Home show, and I'm not sure the exact number because I don't have it in front of me, but the episode that dropped uh, Monday, February 8th, um, was guest hosted for the first time by a member of the IC Robots Radio universe, uh, the Sausagetarian, Sarah Burr. You... If you listen to the Stuck at Home show, you have heard her before call in for her Sausagetarian segments where she offers uh, some ideas for how to stock your pandemic pantry. Things you can make at home, prepare at home, meals you can make at home during these pandemic times. Well, this time she actually hosted the entire episode of the Stuck at Home show, did all the same segments that ISR, IC Robots would normally handle himself. She took it on and I thought it was awesome. Um, it was so weird. I was listening to it. I was telling ISR about this and I'm so used to that show. I'm so used to the segments. I'm so used to the bumper music and all that, that even though I knew it wasn't him hosting and even though I knew like during a break that hers would be the voice I'd hear coming back every time it kind of shocked me because I was expecting to hear Icy Robots, but instead it was the Sausagetarian. And the funny thing is their delivery is a little bit similar. Um, so it was, I don't know, it was just, it was a wild, wild mix up, wild, uh, Curveball, wild change of pace. Um, uh, hopefully, she does more uh, content on the network. I, I, for one, I any new voices on the network, I'm happy to hear. Um, but do yourself a favor, check it out. Also, um, for those of you who are listening to this show, I probably don't mention this enough about the logistics as far as getting new episodes, new content from both myself and the other members of the IC Robots Radio Network, but. Um, Icy Robots posts uh, individual episodes of shows on the network um, from the Icy Robots uh, Facebook page, which you should follow if you're not already. Um, also, if you go over to icrobots.com, you can find episodes there. But you can also subscribe to the feed anywhere where podcasts are subscribed to. So your Apple Podcasts, your Spotify's, your blah, 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 all those places that populate podcasts. But the shows are not on there individually. You just search IC Robots or IC Robots Radio and you'll get the main feed. And then anything that comes down the pike um, as far as content from the network will automatically uh, show up on your platform of choice. So if you're not already subscribed, subscribe. IC Robots Radio, wherever fine podcasts are procured. Um, Speaking of voices, uh, you know, listening to... The Sausagetarian take on an episode of the Stuck at Home show. Uh, 
got me thinking. And got me thinking um, the beginning of the year, which now seems so far away, but was really only a few weeks away ago. But we're well out of that New Year phase and all that. But anyway, one of the, you know, every year, even though someone like me, I... New Year's resolutions are for marks, you know, it's all the same, nothing's going to change, I'm not going to live up to any of this stuff, but it's, it's very hard, it's sort of like, you know, uh, the the atheist praying when the plane is starting to crash, you know, <laughs> like, it's just one of those things, as much as I know that New Year's resolutions are basically bunk, there's this part of me, and I, I think I talked about this, like, around when New Year's happened, but um, there's this, this little reptilian part of me dude, you got to make some changes and now's the time to do it. Clean break, new year, you can get started. And, you know, of course, yeah, I don't really live up to them uh, for the most part. Um, but one of the things I, I toyed with um, at the start of 2021 was the idea that I should probably start reading more. There was a time in my life when I was a voracious reader. There was a time in my life when I was a track actually to become a straight up academic. And we can talk about that more on a later date. Long since forsaken the academic path for the path of the Cretan. But, um, yeah, I haven't read a book. I think the last book I tried to read... No, that's not true. I've, tr- I've tried to read a few books here and there uh, within the last maybe year or two. But the last full-blown book I sat down and read was when um, Miss Sensational 2 was a baby. And there was just... I could not get through it because it was just too... I was in that small child zone. We had a three-year-old baby reading. What's that? I never really got back on that horse um, but the part of the problem is I just, I have a very hard time finding anything to read. And when the new year started, I took a look at the New York Times best novels of 2020 list and thought, man, I'll try, I'll see if I can find something on here. But the problem is I, it's, it's a voice issue when it comes to literary writing. Um, I find that in whatever era of writing you're trying to look at, era of literary writing, whether you're trying to look at novels from, I don't know, the 1920s, novels from the 1860s, novels from 2020, there is such an extreme lack of diversity in voices. And by diversity, I'm not talking, don't worry, trigger warning, don't worry. Uh, I'm not talking about anything woke, you know, if, if, if there's someone where that, where that bothers you. But I'm talking about um, because the novels that come down the pike have to come from a very specific set of publishers who are marketing to people um, based on who's going to buy books. Um, and these publishers then serve as gatekeepers for who can actually get published, for what voices you can actually hear. Um, at any given time, you hear the establishment voices of that time. So take it back to the 1920s. You're hearing a lot of uh, um, Ivy League white guys talking about their their uh, white guy search for identity out in the world, which is fine, but it's like once you've read it, you've read it, and you, you, you really need to re- read 30 guys doing this. You Fast forward it to 2020, you have a lot of people clustered up in Brooklyn writing about um, stories of of social justice issues. Nothing wrong with social justice. I'm not that guy. I'm not up in arms about people actually wanting to have equal access to uh, uh, public services and opportunities. I don't really want to read fiction about it. Um, And again, it's not, I don't want to be, I I understand why, you know, that's an important message to put out there, but it it just doesn't really, I 
you know, I live in that world. I understand that stuff. I don't really need, it doesn't do much for me to read literary representations of it. But what, what does click with me is just hearing thoughts from people that are just kind of their own thoughts that aren't thoughts about huge sweeping social, um, sociological concepts or ideas, but just, um, vignettes of ordinary people's ordinary lives. And I feel like that's what's happening here on the IC Robots Radio Network. Um, I certainly enjoy hearing ISR's everyday takes of everyday life. But see, that was what was so cool about mixing it up and having the sausage-tearian come in is because now here's another person leading a completely different ordinary life, and we get to hear it from her perspective. But these aren't people that are, you know... um, elite voices that have been culled by a publisher. These are just, um, it's much more intimate than that. But it also makes me wonder how much the written form even has to offer at this point, because you can hear these more, to me at least, vital, intimate voices by way of something like a podcast, or when it comes to storytelling, uh, I feel like in a lot of ways, mediums like um, high quality television, episodic television series, um, comic books, graphic novels, even in some cases, video games um, have surpassed just the simple written word. Though I guess there's still some place with the written word and I'm just uh, out of the loop and need to get back into it. But it was sort of a New Year's resolution kind of thing, uh, which of course means I'm not going to live up to it. Speaking of reading, um, I recently finished rereading the entire original Larry Hammer run of the G.I. Joe Real American Hero Marvel Comics. I want to talk about that. I talked about it, I think, like the first uh, one of the first episodes back doing the show after our multi year hiatus. Uh, I had talked about starting that reread project, but uh, I finished it. I finished at least the, the original part of the run. Now I'm onto the, the more modern Hama arc. Um, I want to talk about it, but there's another topic that I want to get to today, and we are already running low on time. I'm always worried I'm going to run out of things to talk about. Um, but then I start talking about nothing and ru- run out of time to talk about the few things I intended to talk about, I guess thereby ensuring that I always have something to talk about, even if I never get to it. Does that make sense? I don't know. Uh, G.I. Joe talk next week. That, that's a that's a, a, a teaser. Right now, though, we are a food podcast, so it's time to get down to brass tacks. It's time to get down to uh, proteins, vitamins, carbohydrates, I guess, as it were. Talk about food. So I'm pretty sure at some point when I called into the Stuck at Home show for one of my What Did Gino Vega Have for Lunch segments, I had uh, described to ISR that um, something had caused me to think about McDonald's chicken nuggets and realize that I had not had said chicken nuggets in many years. could still vividly remember their taste, texture, etc. was kind of craving McDonald's chicken nuggets. And I think he kind of riffed on nuggets himself when he took that call um but in the weeks and months since i still have not revisited 
chicken nuggets, McDonald's chicken nuggets, until now, until just uh, this past weekend. This past weekend, um, Ms. Sensational, my wife, Miss Sensational, one of my 15-year-old daughter, and I took a long walk slash hike um, around this trail here in Napa, California. Um, it's, it winds around this construction site for this big, insane, elite, uh, rich guy. I guess gals too, but the, the, I think this is predominantly like the, the kind of red-faced, aggro-Trumpian white guy type. Anyway, this is a big elite resort that's being built in here in Napa, California. Uh, so we took a walk around the construction site for said resort. Um, and afterwards, we had all achieved our uh, movement goals and such for the day. We decided to pick up a snack on the way home. And this led us to a McDonald's drive through which um, we are not regular McDonald's customers for the most part. Not for, I mean, it just, it's not in our daily uh, routine. I think um, Ms. S, when she used to commute, she would hit up McDonald's for coffee, the McDonald's drive through and then sometimes on road trips back in the olden days when uh, families used to take family vacations, um, we would sometimes on those road trips head up the McDonald's drive through again for coffee. And then sometimes uh, in the morning we would start off, we'd get a McDonald's hash brown as our mobile breakfast. But I hadn't, I had not ventured past coffee or hash browns on the McDonald's menu in years. Um, so we all realized we were all craving various things from McDonald's. So we stopped at the McDonald's drive through We each got a McDonald's um, orange soda, which sadly I feel like... Um, it's changed. I remember it being kind of like a flat type drink, orange drink. And now this was definitely more of a carbonated soda. But I'm still, uh, I'll take orange soda in whatever form it comes. So, so no complaints, really. But we each got an orange soda. Um, Miss One got an order of fries. Uh, I don't think Ms. S got anything to eat. But I ordered, I was going to, I was dead set on ordering an order of chicken nuggets. Uh, are they chicken McNuggets? I don't know. Anyway, as I was perusing the menu, <clears throat> I realized that they had a spicy variant of the chicken McNugget. And the spicy variant um, could also be kicked up yet another notch as, um, what was that guy's name? Amaral Lagasse would have said, kick it up a notch. Do you remember that? Whatever happened to that guy? He just like disappeared off the face of the earth. Anyway, uh, you could kick it up a notch with um, by also ordering something called, I believe it was Mighty Hot Sauce. Was that what it was called? Let me let me see. I, here, I'll, I'll I'll check. Just give me one moment here, folks. Uh, McDonald's spicy nuggets. Using the old Google machine here, uh, Mighty Sauce. Yes, Mighty Hot Sauce. Um, so it appears that this was a food item that had one of these deals where they, they unveil something, people like it, but then they remove it from the menu. So then people kind of wax nostalgic about it, then they bring it back. Apparently, this we were in the it's back phase, even though I wasn't even there for the it's here phase. So I caught it on the tail end, caught it on the it's back, ordered a, I think it was a six-piece order. It was a six-piece order of these spicy McDonald's. Chicken. Oh, they are McNuggets. I, I'm sorry that I was calling them chicken nuggets before. They are chicken McNuggets. 
I got this order of spicy chicken McNuggets with the mighty hot sauce. I'm prepared to consume it. And nothing has changed in the chicken McNugget formula that I could detect in the years since I last consumed McDonald's chicken McNuggets. That same comforting, um, it's not crispy per se. It's, for lack of a better way to describe it, I can only describe the, the, the McNugget shell. It, 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 it's, it's a coating. It's a, it's a fried coating. Um, so not quite crispy, but not soggy or anything. It's simply, it, it, it's just the enveloping coat of fried whatever the substance is. And then inside, just that white, uh, whatever reconstituted formula of, of flesh they're using, if it, if it is in fact flesh, but just that white, dense, cakey fast food meat. Um, it's all still there. It's all still there. Now, how did um, the spice varietal work for this? The jury's out for me. The jury's out for me on this one. I do enjoy spicy food. As we've talked about before on the show, I come from a family with Asian and Asian American heritage, um, a peoples who tend to consume spicy food. Spice is in our, our genetic makeup, I believe. I, at least it is in mine. Um, and I grew up eating spicy food. But spice or heat, I guess heat is more appropriate here, in and of itself is not a culinary panacea. It is not um, an aim to aim for in and of itself. Um, in other words, heat can enhance certain foods and it can it can be that component that takes a food over that that uh, uh, over that line of good to great of um, tasty to superb whatever you want to say but heat for the sake of kicking it up a notch as it were I feel like that hasn't aged very well I feel that that's kind of a, a, a 90s extreme sort of uh, aesthetic I believe just this overheat for overheat's sake. So I worry with these spicy nuggets that that's a little bit where uh, things were headed. They were extremely hot, but it was kind of that chemical heat um, that isn't, I mean, I can take it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, uh, manly man, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega here. You throw the hottest stuff at me in the world and I can take it. That's all right. It, it wasn't so hot that I couldn't I couldn't handle it. I have I have uh, tasted heat that I could not handle before. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'll tell you that story in a second. But it, it was just that it was just the kind of like unpleasant, harsh chemical heat. And I guess I mean I was eating food from McDonald's, so what do I expect? But uh, I honestly think, and, and it could have been that the mighty sauce uh, was what just took it a bit too far. Maybe the 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 spicy nugget varietal with a different kind of sauce would have um, been more pleasant. But I honestly think if I ever go back to get chicken McNuggets again, which I may very well do, um, I'll just go for the original. That said, let me close out this week's episode, big episode 30, with two, no, three tales of heat. Three tales of heat. And then I will bid you adieu. So tale number one, will be the most unpleasant, unnecessary heat 
I've ever experienced in my life. Tale number two will be the most frustrating heat I ever experienced in my life. And tale number three will be heat nirvana. So let's kick it off with tale number one. Tale number one took place at my good friend Jerry's house. Jerry, for those of you who are familiar with my hometown of Santa Rosa, California, or who listen to the Stuck at Home show, Jerry is the manager of the last record store in Santa Rosa, California. Um, kind of, I don't think there's any others. I think it is the only vinyl retailer, uh, retail record shop, also CDs, cassettes, etc. in Santa Rosa, California. Um, anyway, Jerry's a good friend of mine. I was over at his house. They were having some sort of social function at their house. I can't remember what the occasion was. But uh, his, Jerry's teenage son, Lee, and I were talking. And one thing led to another, and Lee busted out this gimmick novelty hot sauce that someone had given their family. And we decided we were going to try this sauce. And unfortunately, the name escapes me at the moment. I may try to get clarification and add this um, on a later episode. But, it, you know, it's one of these super gimmicky hot sauces that bros, you know, it's like, oh, it's the hottest ever. Ah! You know, and so as, as Lee and I did, just went full bro and uh, attempted to eat the hot sauce. I can't remember what we put it on. But in any case, the second... I put this substance in my mouth. I felt like my throat was starting to seize up. And again, keep in mind, I, I've eaten plenty of hot things, but this, this was just like, it was literally like uh, when you hear a story of Vladimir Putin poisoning someone, I think I must feel like, like the way that this hot sauce made my, my mouth and throat feel just gnarly caustic uh, chemical burn. And, you know, it just got worse and worse over time. I was in agony for a good 30, 45 minutes. And keep in mind, I, you know, I had taken just the smallest drop of this sauce. So that was the most unpleasant heat I've ever experienced in my life. I will never again consume one of those bro novelty extreme hot sauces. Those need to be relegated to the dustbin of all things extreme back in the 1990s. We get it. We got it extreme, uh, that age has passed. Let, let, let's, let's move on into the path of the moderate, the moderate heat, the, the heat that is actually pleasant. Uh, there's no more need for monster truck hot sauce, um, Red Bull shot hot sauce. It's over. Okay. Tale number two, the most frustrating heat I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, I love peppers. I love peppers. And uh, one day, Ms. Sensational brought home some Padron peppers that I think she'd gotten at a farmer's market in Santa Rosa. And I was over the moon. I love peppers. And she proceeded to uh, toss these peppers in a pan, kind of blister them up, and we were going to eat them as a snack. And so there's this big heaping plateful of Padron peppers. Now, the thing with Padron peppers is supposedly, supposedly, they're mild. Supposedly. Everything you read online says these are mild peppers. That you may occasionally get the one 
anomalous hot one, but generally they are mild. So we start digging into these peppers and I'm starting to experience some very unpleasant heat. Like this is almost, uh, almost not quite, but almost akin to the heat at the sauce I ate with Lee at Jerry's house. Not as caustic because it wasn't coming from some strange sauce chemically concoction. These are just natural pepper heat, but just, it's just intense heat. But I thought, you know, maybe I'm just imagining this. And, and, and meanwhile, all oh, the peppers were delicious. They were so good. So I was like, you know, I got one of those anomalous hot ones, but I'm going to keep eating. I'm going to keep going. I think I chugged a, a little shot of milk and uh, kept with the peppers. But the second one was hotter than the first one. And I, tears are streaming down my face. The tongue is starting to blister up. And I look over at Ms. S and she's having the same reaction. But they're so good. So I ate a third. And now things are getting dire. And now we both compare notes. And we're like, these are like prohibitively hot. What's going on here? But, but, they, but they taste so good. And uh, she gave up, tapped out. I tried like another two or three. And then was just in agony for like an hour afterwards. We chalked it up to a freak batch, but here's the thing. Every time I've had Padron peppers since, used to get them at this restaurant in Santa Rosa called Rosso Pizzeria. Buy them at the store, prepare them at home, no matter what. They've never been as insanely hot as that first time, but they're always hot. So I don't know what this mild thing is. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just getting the weirdest supply of, of Padrones the world's ever known. But Padrones are hot. Like, if you can't handle hot peppers, I'm at least the ones that I've been eating to just steer clear. Because, again, I can handle the, the average hot Padron that I eat. It's not always like that agonizing experience I had that one time. But they are certainly not mild. Certainly not mild. So, anyway, number that was frustrating just because they were so good. Like, it was just one of the best little bites, little snacks I'd ever had in my life. But I just couldn't finish eating them. Final tale. Tale number three. Heat Nirvana. Family trip to the Mount Shasta region of Northern California. Um, kids were pretty young. I can't remember exact age. So this was some years ago. But we took a little weekend trip up there to the snow. We're not big snow people, but the kids had never been to the snow. We figured it was something to do. Uh, we actually spent most of the time, the little lodge we stayed at had a heated indoor pool. We spent a lot more time swimming in the pool than we did <laughs> in the snow. Like I said, <laughs> not snow people. Snow, uh, I, I, I mean, teach their own, of course, but like the snow stuff is so funny. I was listening to Ms. S having a, a work meeting the other day with these two guys who had both just uh, gotten injured skiing. And it's like, oh, yeah, and then I, I tore my MCL. And so the guy, oh, I stepped in a snow drift and I shattered my kneecap. And it's like, you guys are spending all this money to go to these high-end ski resorts to get messed up? I don't know. And again, that's, if that's you, you do you, my friend. Um, but, yeah, we just kind of, like, dipped a toe in the snow and then swam in the pool. But the thing is, um, I believe it was the actual town of Shasta, California, there was not a lot of dining options. We were looking for somewhere to eat. And we found there was a Thai restaurant. And I was kind of dubious, like, what kind of Thai restaurant is going to be out here in the middle of nowhere in Shasta, California? But it got really good reviews. So we went to it, and it was an excellent restaurant. Um, I understand actually talking to someone who was familiar with it uh, years later that actually several different um, Asian families in the region pooled their resources to start this business. So they could kind of get a toehold in the local business world. Um, but anyway, Thai restaurant, great Thai food. Um, but it's in Shasta, California, so there's not a ton of Asian people. 
So um, our waiter was a white guy. I don't mean this in any offensive way. It just, you know, oftentimes when you go to a Thai restaurant, you'll get a Thai or some other kind of uh, Southeast Asian um, wait staff, but they're just common in, in Asian restaurants, but uh, at least in California. But yeah, so white guy is a waiter and we're ordering the food. And I said, I wanted it medium spicy. And he was like, Ooh, you know, you probably shouldn't do that because you know, this is kind of authentic Thai food and our medium is probably what you would more experience as like a, as like a high spicy at a normal restaurant. I was like, no, bro, I know what I'm doing. Medium. He's like, oh no, you know, I really think you should consider dialing it down one because I, I don't think you're going to be uh, used to this. And, 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 you know, the, the inner Asian of me now, now it's a war. Now it's like, no, we're getting medium. I can handle this. I grew up with this. So he's like, all right. So, uh, the dish comes, I can't even remember what it was, sadly, and I'm eating it and it just, it's exquisite, but it's so hot, but it's like just at that line, like where it's, it's so hot that I can barely handle it. You know, I'm sweating, my eyes are tearing, but it's not so hot that it's unpleasant. It just, it, it was like, it was perfect, but I could, t- I could see the waiter over in the corner, just like kind of mad dogging me, like this guy's not going to be able to finish it. So by God. I finished every bite of that plate. And when I was done, I was in ecstasy. I was in heat nirvana. So that was tale three, best heat I ever experienced. Folks, this has gone way too long this week. And here, when I sat down, I thought I wasn't going to have anything to talk about. We will be back next week with some G.I. Joe talk. We'll be back next week with some other talk that I wanted to do this week, but just got way off track. The whole Mickey D's thing got me thinking about my history with fast food. So next week, we are going to have a look at Mr. Sensational Gino Vega's relationship with fast food, and we're going to do a countdown of my top favorite, I don't know how many we're going to do yet, maybe top 10, favorite fast food establishments. Next week on the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, I can speak, I, I promise, on the IC Robots Radio Network. Until then, it's me, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, signing off! One thing I said that I would never do A look from you and I would fall from grace And that would wipe the smile right from my face Do you remember when we used to dance And incidents arose from circumstance One thing led to another Oh, I'm not sure